Hey guys, it's Adam coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. Um, I decided to do a little bit of change of pace. Um, there's a really long blind item uh, that I wanted to talk about. So what we're going to do, it says it's a 22 minute read. Um, and when I read it, it actually did take me that long, but I was distracted with other things. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to read it, and we're going to keep the five-minute segments because you guys seem to prefer that over um, me monologuing for 20 minutes. Um, and so so each segment will be labeled um, with part of my guess. And then the last segment will be um, just what I'm guessing this is. Uh, so here we go. It is called The Kingmaker, a him blind item. For those that don't know who him is, him, um, first rose to notoriety over on Crazy Days and Nights. Um, it's a collection of four men who are part of the entertainment industry. Um, and for a long time they were getting... Um, blind items to any lawyer over at, like I said, at Crazy Days and Nights. However, there was a little bit of falling out with um, some of the commenters over there, and they have since left. So, here we go. The Kingmaker, a him blind. I once read that if gossip is the first draft of history, then blind items are the first draft of gossip. Which makes this blind item the root source for eventual history. Never has that been more truer than what you are about to read. All of us hymns have had a hard rule that we will not run items centered on politics. Maybe on politicians' personal lives, but rarely. We avoid it because there's never a winner. If you want politics, it is everywhere. We choose to provide a place where it is not the same deafening roar you find elsewhere. It dredges, dredges up emotions and people read them with blinders on. When your only tool is a hammer and every problem looks like a nail. So when you have a blind belief system, it tends to color everything you read or hear. You're entitled to that. We just don't want to host it. All of us here are, are as middle-centric politically as anyone ever. But every now and then, one story just comes along that is too big, too juicy, and too important not to share. And we make an exception to our no-politics rule. Please focus on the fact that this item is not centered on anyone elected of... Not, it is not centered on any one elected official, nor politics itself. It's not about any party, any ideology, or belief system. All politicians and parties have their share of dirty secrets, dirty tricks. We respectfully request of you, pretty please, to refrain from blowing up the tweet comments with political attacks, arguments, or diatribes. Instead, focus on the people behind the story and their actions. Because they're still doing it today. This story is about two power-hungry brothers, an actress who cut a deal with the devil, and all that transpired to change American history forever. It is 100% verified by multiple parties.
And we're going to stop right there before we head into the next segment because <clears throat> that was a lot on my throat already. Um, so, the, basically they're setting everything up. And the the story is very, very juicy. Um, as I said, I've already read it. Um, and I've actually verified... Um, major, major parts of this. We'll talk about that in the last segment. Um, the research on this is just beyond belief. Um, some will accuse them of going the hymns of just doing basic Wikipedia background checks. But I don't think that's what happened here. I, th- you know, I believe that they actually work in the entertainment industry, and I actually believe um, that they've they got these details from somebody else. So sit back, enjoy tonight's episode. It is going to be one long lined item. I'm gonna go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. Let's get right into the blind. Um, if you want to read this, it's on Medium. All you have to do is Google him, political blind, Medium. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, let's get into it. I was first told this story by an award-winning investigative journalist who has even had movies made about him. He's a living legend who now t- teaches young journalists. Then I would hear parts of it proudly admitted by one of the offensive characters involved in it. Next, it was related to me by a movie actor-director who has known one of these people since college. Finally, I heard a big portion of it from the actual actress involved in the story. That's four unrelated persons, and all had the exact same key details, even for different parts of the story. It has taken years to piece it all together and get all of the details finalized. Politics makes strange bedfellows indeed. But this story is less about bedfellows of any sort and is about power and ambition. The the power grasped by an unlikely politician, the power craved by an ambitious duo, and the misguided ambition of the young woman they use to destroy others in their pursuit of power. In the end, this is really her story. To our knowledge, this is the first and only time it has ever been fully revealed. We begin back in the 90s, and there was a beautiful young actress on her way up the ladder of success. This B-list actress was a gorgeous former beauty queen and was a genuinely nice person. We will call her the actress. Very original, huh? Her career is notable more for her TV work, but she's also done movies. Among her TV roles was one in a long-running franchise spinoff, She married an all-American type of guy, full of ambition and a bright future ahead. A handsome, wealthy businessman and college athlete who was always the most likely to succeed. The hubby had a talent for networking, making money into more money, and had his eyes on a future in politics. We will call him the candidate. The candidate also had certain appetites, sexually speaking. He enjoyed a variety of activities and power games in and out of the bedroom. He encouraged his gorgeous wife in these activities, and she reluctantly obliged. It began with their private Polaroids, then videos they'd watch and make for their own amusement. 
she came to realize that she was adventurous, not really prudish, and enjoyed male attention, and even female attention as well. She admitted she was a slight exhibitionist and liked the thrill of courting attention. She only discovered all of this during her marriage, but she did have her limits. The candidate hubby was frequently encouraging her to expand her boundaries and to consider involving others in their sex life. This exceeded her bounds. He introduced her to another young, wealthy, attractive married couple who were in their social social circle. Together, the four of them visited a sex club in Europe one night to watch and experience new things. This led to an invitation to a private event at the home of a wealthy Park Avenue couple for a private party among similar persons. But they, but they kept the action to themselves. The actress was a big attraction at these private gatherings, not for her budding celebrity, but for her physical beauty and charm. Elite, wealthy, powerful couples and singles getting freaky behind locked doors. At secret sex clubs and private home gatherings, our actress was hardly A-list in these circles. Politicians, celebrities, and business leaders, male and female, were all part of this group. Some only observed, yet others went wild. The actress said she didn't really mind at all for the first few times, but as her career took off, she didn't like the idea of someone discovering their sexual adventures. It brought strain to their marriage, and along with their new child, she eventually called off their activities. He pressured her a few more times, then let it lay. It would, however, become a key reason given for the ultimate failure of their marriage later. And that feels like a good place to stop for this segment. Um, as you can tell, this is, this is going to get really juicy, really good, really, really fast. Um, and I just, it dawned on me while I was reading that I might want to warn you that tonight's episode, or this episode is going to run a little bit longer than normal, because again, the blind is, um, allegedly 22 minutes itself, plus all my commentary and blah, blah, blah. Um, so we're probably looking at a 30 minute, at least a 30 minute episode so I hope you guys are strapped in and ready to go I am ready to go take a break and get um lubricate my throat with some drink I will be right back and I'm back we left off with them getting a divorce so let's continue on at this point in our story as they say along comes a spider the spider was in the form of an up-and-coming Hollywood agent his greed, lust, and ego were exceeded only by his ambition. That defines most Hollywood agents, but this one was unique even by industry standards. He came from a family of whom each member in their respective fields were equally ambitious and successful. They played dirty to get what they wanted, and this agent's web was the dirtiest in town. The agent had brothers in, the, in his tight-knit family. The oldest was his own guy and was never involved in the agent's power plays. But the middle brother, closest to the agent in age, is identical to him in ruthless ambition. This brother was forever scheming and planning things since childhood. We will call him the planner. The planner found himself involved in political campaigns and learn from the old-school political powers that be. These brothers decided early on that they wanted to be the most powerful men in the country, and eventually the world. 
it seemed perfectly logical to them and perfectly plausible. Some wanted to grow up to play for the Yankees, others wanted to grow up to own the Yankees. Relatives to that analogy, these two wanted to grow up to own all of Major League Baseball. The agent and the planner, the agent and the planner's family and seat of their power were based on a city known for its machine politics and an underworld legacy. Even though the modern mob wasn't what it once was, it still had muscle when it came to convincing the voters, unions, and officials. Even more than muscle, their family had important family ties to a foreign country. A foreign country who also happened to be very savvy in cutting-edge computer technology. This gave these guys, who were unafraid to fight dirty, the abilities to manipulate computers and the growing internet to their advantages, all without any digital fingerprints leading back anywhere to America. They used, they used tools like these in their deals, campaigns, and power plays. It made them very valuable, very valuable to very important people. Very soon, these powerfully important people began to bring these two into their inner circle. Just as quickly, the brothers realized they were far smarter than anyone else in the room. Mr. Agent was definitely not dumb. He could read the signs of what was coming in the near future and wanted to use it to further his ambitions. Thus, in the 1990s era, when Wall Street investors were just dipping toes into Hollywood financing on a grand scale, our Mr. Agent could see a perfect match. He began to align himself with emerging technology power players and hedge fund gurus. He placed himself at the nexus of Silicon Valley, Wall Street, Washington, and Hollywood. With his brother, the planner, our agent built a very small core group of like-minded, loyal, vampiric world beaters and promised them the moon if they followed his, his plans, really Dr. Evil style. They'd all get grossly wealthy, famous, and powerful beyond imagination. One night... In the 2000s, at a meeting of this of his douche canoe crony club, which was like the gathering of trust fund juggalos and power suit and power suits, Harb Mr. Agent announced he'd found the key to their success. Of course, she was a leggy blonde. She was in fact a gorgeous young actress, one that he'd helped represent before. The agent and the planner laid out the details for the group of wannabe world beaters to conquer the world. But of course they left out some very personal details to their motives for selecting this perfect target. This plan had actually been laid out years before by the brothers, long before the blonde or anyone who like or anyone like her bubbled to the surface. They had just been waiting for the right opportunity. Their plan was simple and arrogant. The fastest, most strict path for them all to achieve their go their goals was to quote unquote own the White House. Because then the most powerful man in the world, the US president, would be beholden to them. And this seems like a perfect place to take a deep breath, <coughs> get something to drink, and come right back with some more exciting segments of this long blind item. I'll be right back. And I am back. So 
when we left, we were talking about the plan and getting the President of the United States to be beholden to them, which would give the, the brothers power. Let's go on. All they had to do was put their man in there. The planner had nearly done this in the 90s. In his work, in his prior work on a presidential campaign, but that winner was too mercurial and already beholden to so many others. If they could just get their own man inside the White House, they'd have it all. They explained to their associates that from this wellspring of White House control would all power and wealth flow. This group had the money to bankroll campaigns and donations. They had the celebrity star power connections to wow the masses of media, the technology resources to hack themselves into acceptable verification. They also had the dirty underworld connections to influence people who could not be bought, convinced, or conned. The group all agreed to the plan and to the agent's methods for carrying it out. None in the group were innocent and all would be required to contribute their expertise and resources to making it happen. The agent's brother, Mr. Planner, would be the one responsible for execution of the plan and working the political side. All they needed was the perfect target and the perfect unsuspecting pawn to use. And one married couple they found both, the leggy blonde actress and her husband, the candidate. The candidate had been raised in the same home city as the agent and the planner, and was close to them in age. In fact, the candidate and planner had gone to high school together and hated each other's guts. Some say it was an ethnic thing, Others say it was socioeconomic, religious, or political. Some say it was a case of the all-American big man on campus getting the girls and breaks versus the rough-and-tumble, scrappy immigrant offspring who was blackballed from social clubs and had to fight for everything. The letterman jacket versus the leather jacket. <clears throat> but it was not that simple. While the candidate's family were white-collar wells, the planner's family was far from poor, and had their own upper-level elite social circles. It boiled down to two guys who hate each other with a passion always competing for the same girls, class status, or popularity. Whatever the reason, trip or excuse, the candidate and the planner never got along. The planner's younger brother did whatever the planner did, including sharing the same friends and same enemies as any supportive sibling would. Meanwhile, as Mr. Candidate moved up the upper crust partnerships of the ultra-elite investment banking on Wall Street, he made a lot of enemies. It was, a, it was as cutthroat in the 80s and 90s as ever. He learned to be as cutthroat as any and made a literal, literal fortune to match those of his Wall Street enemies. Meanwhile, Mr. Planner fought his way into jobs in his home city's political machine and learned at the knee of legendary political fixers and fighters. He took no prisoners and became a powerful behind-the-scenes force on several campaigns, including a shockingly scandalous presidential victory that nobody ever thought possible. The planner was a key man on on that team, all the while Mr. Agent left his craft in the viper's nest of the Hollywood talent agency trenches. The planner had met an inspiring politician in his home city's political circuit, and the two bonded closely. This person we will call the politician. He had all the qualities to be groomed for higher office except for bigger experience on a nationwide stage. The planner assured him that was a mild speed bump. All that mattered was perception. 
The planner, the agent, and the and their circle would craft the perception for a guaranteed victory in a bigger race, including the vast media and entertainment resources needed to see it through. One of the resources was the lady who began her rise through the media and entertainment worlds in the same city. She'd fought and built an empire to become one of the biggest women leaders in the history of mass communications. Her influence was limitless in those days. The Asian planner worked with her a lot, and she always got what she wanted in deals for supporting candidates. She was a true female media mogul, a first in several categories. Most of all, her fans were rabid and bought whatever she was shilling. Selling the, selling the politician on a large... On a larger stage would be a challenge. The obvious drawback to the uh, politician's political rise was his, his ethnicity. In local or state campaigns, it wasn't an issue, but nationwide, it had never succeeded with a man of his eth- ethnicity, ethnicity, background, or even name. The brothers worked many angles and brainstormed with legendary figures. And this feels like a good place to take a break. So I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I am back. Let's get right back into it. They decided that if they could get the politician to Congress or the Senate, that would be enough to cover his lack of experience. It would also give them all the time needed to amass a massive money chest influence roster stronger than any in political history. Even the politician doubted a nationwide victory was possible, even in this modern era. But that was the key to the brothers' plans, to practically dare the electorate to oppose the politician based on ethnicity alone. They would make it about the time has finally come and would dare opponents to use it as an issue, or any opponent would face an avalanche of blowback to blast any race-injecting doubters into submission. But for now, they had to concentrate on just getting this politician, a virtually inexperienced nationwide nobody, into a larger public job. Any job. Governor, secretary or something. It didn't matter to them, nor to him, which it would be. His weak electoral resume mostly consisted of a victory in the state house where his biggest achievement had been good attendance. But all they needed was an opponent they could guarantee to defeat. To make it all about that, to make it all about the opponent they could crush. Then, according to the agent, lightning struck in their favor. According to the agent, it was as if God gave this opportunity directly to us when numerous world that the candidate was going to seek a bid for his party's primary in a coming Senate contest, almost out of the blue. It was an opportunity from somewhere, all right, but unlikely that God had anything to do with it. Years earlier, the candidate had cashed out of his investment-making firm and pocketed a ton of cash. He and the actress had divorced after their diverging interests became too much to handle. Both had settled down and were good parents to a special child. But her growing career and his dedication to business had formed a huge rift. They both admitted that they both admitted their sexual misadventures played only a small part of their divorce. In fact, it was. Her divorce attorney who pressured her into using that in their divorce agreement as a way to guarantee her primary custody. She didn't want the sex stuff even mentioned, but didn't want to fight him for custody either. The 
candidate was stunned to read about their detailed past sex lives, and he quickly moved to grant her all she asked. As long as she quickly agreed not to challenge the sealing of all files related to their split, he'd give her everything. The divorce records were sealed as one filing, and the custody records were sealed as a separate filing. Both were sealed by the by California court order at the request of both parties. They signed their deal, sealed the files, and moved on with their lives. The actress lived in full-time in California and Europe, and Canada moved back to his home city. After selling out of his banking career, he was then advised by political power brokers in his home state. They knew one of the state senators was retiring soon, and he had a great shot to capture the primary and the seat. He was Mr. All-America, a family, a family value single dad, and now rich enough to finance his own bid for a seat held by a conservative senator. Worried about his lack of, a, of experience in politics, he was told no sweat. There was the only perception that mattered. Apparently a truthism on all sides of politics. He was, advised, he was advised to go get a grassroots level job to support his electoral appeal. And so he became a teacher in a small school, all the while building his campaign for the wide open seat, which was, which he was sure to win. When rumors of the candidate's aspiration hit the planner, he nearly died from shock. More excited than his brother, the agent, it was now the perfect situation in many ways. Not only would it allow the agent and the planner to fight a campaign in which they could control and win, but it allowed them the chance to defeat a long time, long-standing enemy and settle an old grudge. Even more, the candidate's ex-wife was one of the agent's ex-clients. The agent just knew he could get her to play along and find something, anything, to use against the candidate. It was all about perception, so public opinion could be bent with even the smallest hint of a scandal or misdeed. They'd see to it. And this feels like a good place to to leave on a cliffhanger. Um, or maybe not even a cliffhanger. I just need to rest my voice and get something to drink real fast. So I will be right back. And I'm back, so let's get right back into it. <coughs> even the agent had no idea what he was about to uncover. All the while, the politician put his total trust in the brothers to pull off his underdog victory. Other established political pros were listed as the legit campaign bosses, but in reality it was the brothers. They began grooming him, introducing him to celebrities and athletes, and made him a pill of the lady, of the lady media mogul. They were paving the road for the battle ahead and building their perfect politician. All they had to do was wait for the perfect timing, then destroy the opposition, the candidate. As for the politician's future, in their plan, he would win his primary after their brother scorched the competitors. Then in the general, they'd scorch the candidate, and thus, by default, the politician would become senator. When that happened, they'd use his first or only term to build him into a national star for a White House run. For good experience, or even being a senator, they had bigger plans and timing was the key. Once more, it was all about perception. <clears throat> the conservative candidate announced his run for his party's primary for the Senate seat. He had the support of of most of his party's conservative machine, 
The big city was liberal, but the state went conservative. He was promised by many that he'd get the primary bid, and he faced a handful of primary challengers. During the primary race of his own party, the candidate was reminded that it was a good testing ground for the larger Senate race. Because whatever weaknesses any Senate race, uh, whatever weakness any Senate race opponents from the other party uncovered could likely be first uncovered by his primary challengers. This would be good because they could control it now. However, one wrinkle began to develop during the final stretch of the primary campaign. As a matter as a matter of basic strategy, the primary opponents do the scandal vetting and opposition research where they conduct background checks, detailed scandal drags, and dumpster dives against their opponents. One of the most common of these is to pour through court filings and divorce records, seeking anything dirty from the past. Domestic abuse, drug arrest, bankruptcies, perversions, anything that can even be construed as a flaw can turn molehills into mountains or tabloid fodder. One of the candidate's primary opponents was sidelined when the when that guy's past abuse and restraining orders from the next wife were revealed. So when the candidate's primary opponents requested his divorce records, it was not odd. What was odd, however, was who asked for it and how it was requested. The candidate's sealed divorce records filed in California at the end of his marriage to actress were originally requested by his primary challengers. The actress and candidate both agreed and allowed allowed it for their divorce agreements to be released, but not their custody agreement. They said this would hurt their child and had no bearing on any campaign benefits. The agent and planner, however, did not let it go. They knew something was hidden in there, and they were hell-bent on getting it out. So even after the candidate and actor's ex-wife agreed to unseal the divorce files, the brothers continued on. Even after the conservative primary primary challengers relented, they continued pressing on. Even though the candidate's custody records remained sealed, they would not give up. They just switched tactics. As the clock ticked by, the candidate won his primary race by a very narrow margin. Meanwhile, the politician also won his primary race. It was a showdown the brothers had wished for. And they had made happen. Their only concern was during the primary race, the politician's drug use was brought to light by challengers. The brothers spun this seven different ways, and it became a moot issue. They knew their politician didn't have to be clean. He just had to be cleaner than the candidate. When that campaign for the mid-2000s era Senate seat was announced between the candidate and the politician, it was instantly going to be an expensive, ugly, dirty battle for the office. In a state where those were routine, this would be even worse. Both sides took cheap shots and did dirty tricks. But the brothers had been planning this for a long time and employed every tactic they could to set up the perfect time to drop the bomb. They repeated to their core group of vampire-like cronies that they knew they didn't need to win, meaning that people didn't have to like their guy, only that the opponent had to lose or dislike him more than their guy. The planner took the lead in the political and money side 
and in using resources all over the country and even globally to help them. He used foreign technology companies to access computers and databases in their home state. He got police to arrest campaign workers, and he engineered deals with unions and community groups. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. This time, I'm, just prob- I'm probably just going to go ahead and finish the blind in this segment. We're already running into 35 minutes here, so... Let's get started. The agent used his still-growing Hollywood power to round up celebs to appeal to voters back home for the politician. He traded deals with media moguls and media corporations to get them despite coverage of the candidate. He got news media to bury or erase anything bad about the politician and to highlight bad things about the candidate. When trade-offs couldn't be arranged, he'd offer outright bribes. When that didn't work, he used more drastic tactics. He didn't target reporters and editors. He went straight to the owners and board members. One day, the agent took the actress to lunch in a secluded restaurant away from others. At this meeting, she picked over her marital history to offer anything she could help the agent. He promised her that anything she offered would never be public. He just wanted to use it to scare the candidate. Uh-huh, sure. But, you know, just in case the candidate's people dug up anything on the politician, politician mentioning his past drug use, she, she sympathized but didn't want to hurt her ex either. The agent reassured her, and in exchange for helping, he guaranteed she'd get some upcoming plum rolls and movie and TV projects his agency knew about. He'd see to it personally. Besides, they never reveal it as coming from her nor ever reveal it in public. He told her that even the most powerful media mogul lady was on their side, and everybody loves her, right? Of course they do. The agent even went out of his way to place a call to a major TV producer creator with a new show, um, Greenlight, to series from Pilot. Would the TV guy have a solid recurring role for this actress? Well, of course he did. No audition needed. Happy to help. She was stunned at the power play and happy to get the promise of that gig. This was an agent she was happy to have on her side. As they talked over lunch, the actress did recall one thing, but it was probably too long ago and too brief to matter. The candidate used to have some sexual kinks, but she didn't think that was a big deal. It's Hollywood here anyway regardless of the state election. Plus, she was an adult and they were both willing participants anyway. Sure, it could be perceived as bad, but really wasn't all that bad. But if it would help, so she proceeded to share with him the details. The actor was salivating, but not over her or her sex life. Not exactly. Did she have any proof she could share those videos or photos? No, they were destroyed long ago. The agent repeatedly swore nobody else would see anything, only the candidate, and only if they had to use the force him to back off something. Well, she said there was a deposition in their divorce and custody papers, but those were sealed by the court. Before the valet could bring her car, the agent was on his cell to his brother. In a matter of hours, they had their plan and were putting it into motion. According to the actress, by the time she got home, 
she had regretted it already. She had no reason to tell the agent, but was about to get one big reason. It began when her old divorce lawyer called and said papers were being served and requests being made. That apparently the biggest news media corporation in that home city and state where the Senate race is has filed requests with the court for all documents related to the candidate's divorce. That media corporation was not just the biggest there, but one of the largest in the world. They claimed it was in, in public interest and common good for voters to know what was in those sealed files. It was no coincidence that the brothers were very close to the controlling powers of that media company. Nor was it a coincidence the lady media mogul had a very long career history with one of the stations filing the request with the court, all part of the plan and the timing of the brothers. With the lawyer on the line, the actress dropped the phone and began to vomit. Her best friend called the doctor. Whatever it was, it was going to shatter her entire life, not to mention what it would do to the life of her child and the candidate. She felt it was all her fault. The public still had no idea of any of it. The actress finally recovered quickly enough to talk to the candidate and explain it. He gave her sympathizing with her deal with the devil. She was promised and lied to by the agent. His attorney said that they could still block the release, but they had to stand together. She agreed. They separately had their attorneys contact the court to refuse permission for release and and request protection for their child by keeping it all sealed. The candidate assured all of his inner circle that there was nothing all that bad in the agreements. And it was mostly just he said, she said accusations. No beatings or or adultery technically. But as a conservative family values candidate, he had to keep a clean record. All the time, the politician had no idea what was happening behind his own scenes. He stuck to the game plan on the campaign trail while the brothers handled the dirty work. He was busy fighting off allegations of his own past indiscretions with the help of the lady media mogul and others. Meanwhile, both Mr. Agent and the planner got the break they were looking for when, with the timing to drop the bombshell. They worked their personal network to convince a judge to release the details of the divorce custody agreement between the actress and the candidate. Even after the actress and candidate both requested the files remain sealed. The media and legal experts scratched their heads at the judge's decision, not knowing the machinations behind the scenes. Not coincidentally, a relative of the judge magically landed a role or landed a job at the agency the next year. So now when the files were released, it allowed the brothers to make sure the sorted details were released to the media tabloids and gossips for voters to know what was in those sealed files. The agent and planner called in favors and threats to many big media corporations and radio stations and TV stations and another big paper the brothers had very close ties to. They all spread the information about the salacious divorce details. The internet went nuts. Within a day, it it had spread worldwide. 
What was revealed was a bizarre tale of the candidate and actress visiting sex clubs, S&M clubs, and tales of group sex, public sex, drugs, and the types of kinky things that suburban soccer mom and dad voters claim to be offended by. As a family values conservative candidate, this guy knew he didn't stand a chance as the electorate, electorate collectively clutched their pearls in shock. The candidate had no choice but to resign. When his own conservative party told him to resign and drop out of the race, he did. The last polls taken the days before his resignation showed the candidate ahead of double-digit percentage points. The actress was crushed as she felt used, dirty, and herself totally scandalized. Used by both sides, she approached a pro- agent who blew her off. She eventually did manage to get more acting jobs and rebuild her career and life from scratch. As night follows day, the candidate's departure cleared a clean path for the politician to win by a landslide. It worked exactly as the brothers had planned. They had found their shot and took it. All because the actress unwillingly fell prey to the agent's manipulations and promises. Meanwhile, the candidate faded into obscurity. A few short years later, the politician was nominated for and won President of the United States. He allegedly told political reporters that he never wanted to see how the sausage was made. He just wanted to eat the meal. All of this changed the course of American politics and history forever. The agent and planner both rapidly saw their careers and lives shoot to the top of the rich and powerful list. One becoming the most powerful agent and dealmaker in Hollywood and other sectors as well. In a recent presidential primary and campaign, the agent even partnered up with a former reality TV client he once represented. Uh, sorry, I lost my place, guys. Um... Yeah, I don't... I don't know how this happened. I am so sorry. And, you know, you can almost hear Will screaming at me if I had production notes. I actually do, and that's what I, where I lost my place. Um, oh, here we go. Sorry about that. In a recent presidential primary and campaign, the agent even partnered up with a former reality TV client he once represented... Seemingly another miracle that then occurred. That ex-client staged an impossible come-from-behind victory not long after. He, too, was elected president of the United States. The planner literally ran the White House for the politician for many years before deciding upon his own path to political glory or, or infamy. Meanwhile, that group of close associates who were the inner circle of the brothers all went on to billions in technology, media, and finance, even in the wake of the Great Recession. It is not always a conspiracy theory needed to explain the behind the scenes of politics and shocking rises to power. Not at all. Sometimes it is just certain people making the plans and controlling the power and pulling the levers. 
It goes on every year and every election, even if history books don't write the real truth about it. If you doubt it, just keep your eyes on the agent and the planner in the next election or two. See what they do, who they do it with, and what candidates they cozy up to. Wise people say that power is a gun that fires in both directions at once. Only One can only wonder when the abuse of power will blow back to claim justice on those who wield it with malice, or if it indeed it ever will. Supposedly, it is the way kings and even queens have been made. The end. And this has been a 12-minute segment, so I really need to take a break. And then I'm going to come back and tell you guys um, what I found in my own research. I'll be right back. And I'm back. Maybe I should have split that one up into two. Sorry, guys. Um, And I'm really sorry about losing my place. This is why I don't use production notes most of the time. Anyways. So, here's the story. Um, I actually independently verified a lot of this. Um, the brothers, the planner and the agent, are Rom and Ari Emanuel. Um, the actress is Jerry Ryan. The, polit- um, the candidate is Jack Ryan. The politician is Barack Obama. And the reality star who became president is, of course, Donald J. Trump. Um, so what have I verified? So far, I have verified that Jack Ryan and Jerry Jack and Jerry Ryan actually did divorce um, because they went to sex clubs and she was not into it. Um, the, despite the way him talks about it, the divorce did seem a little contentious at first. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just the way it was written about, but it did seem like there was a little bit more, um, teeth to it than initially, than what is being claimed in this. That's not to say that there was definitely, like, something horrible going on or anything like that. More like, um, it wasn't peaches and cream. Um, after the after the media um, sites sued and won the unsealing of the documents, Jack Ryan did come out and say it's not like I cheated on my wife. This was completely consensual, which Jerry Ryan did did agree with. Um. The fact that... Oh, and the lady media mogul is obviously Oprah. Um, and there's a lot of people who are saying, oh, you know, Oprah could never be involved in dirty politics. Let me tell you, if you if you read the gossip sites, you know. Oprah's hands are not clean. Um, there's a whole... Um, I call them story arcs. I don't know what I should actually be calling them. Um, but there's a whole, like, storyline over on Crazy Days and Nights right now about how Oprah is friends with David Geffen, who is allegedly a child uh, molester and raper. Oprah, Oprah's hands are not clean. Um, I mean, and him really spelled it out that it was Oprah with everything they said. 
Um, and it's not surprising that she's become one of the most powerful people in the world. Um, reading about the race between Jack Ryan and Barack Obama was really intriguing because I didn't realize that Barack was a comfort-behind victory. I had always assumed that he had been the front-runner. Um, but that wasn't the case until after Jack Ryan was knocked out of the race with the revelation of the sex clubs and whatnot. Um, I don't quite remember what the the man who stepped into Jack Ryan's place was. But with only a few days left in the election, in in the race, um, Barack Obama won by like a huge amount. Um, and then of course, part way through, part part of the way through his first term, he left the Senate seat to run against Hillary Clinton. In the, um. In the 2008 primaries, of course, we all know how that turned out. He, he defeated her. She became Secretary of State. Um, and he would go on to become one of the best presidents ever. Um, Rahm Emanuel was his chief of staff for a while until, he, um, until Rahm left and is now mayor of Chicago. Um, the Donald Trump part was... I've not been easily able to verify. I mean, some parts of it I was able to identify very easily, but um, not all of it. It doesn't surprise me. Um, be, and it kind of actually makes this feud with um, Obama make a little bit more sense. Because Trump doesn't want to be compared to him. And there's a little bit of racism there, let's be honest. But this is a very, very juicy blind. Um, And it really does open up your eyes a little bit to what goes on behind the scenes. Um, So that is going to do it for me tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this super long episode. It's probably going to be, I think it's almost an hour long now. Um, So thank you guys so much for listening. Um... That's going to do it for me for the night and probably for the week. So until I talk to you guys again, I'm raising my martini glass and saying cheers.